Hello and welcome to the D&D Brief. This uh, is the RP Geeks and this is our fortnightly show uh, discussing science loosely based on the last episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Science. Um, so this is our second D&D Brief episode. Welcome. We've got some very exciting topics today. Um, but before we delve into the science, I've been nominated to do a story recap, yeah. um, which yeah. I don't know how that happened. I thought I could give that to the DM who is supposed to supposed to know about these things. But um, You know how like, when they ask the for a volunteer, today. when they yeah. ask for a volunteer to step forward, the other three of us just all step back and then oh. Sharmini was left in front. <laughs> that, is, that is what <laughs> happened. Although actually, before I, do the, before I do the story recap, we should introduce ourselves. That would probably be uh, oh, yeah. pertinent to the situation. Um, so hello there. My name is Sharmini. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I play Tenebris in Dungeons and Dragons of Science, um, and I'm a science video producer by day. Um, Ali. Ah, oh, uh, yeah, I am DM for this adventure, um, but not for this, um, uh, the D&D brief. I'm just another person. Uh, <laughs> and I too make videos, sometimes, Simon. Oh, I thought that the sometimes, sometimes was fairly related to the subjects of the video. When the sun is in the middle of the sky. <laughs> sometimes they're on Simon. Sometimes they're Simon. Uh, <laughs> the video is uh, yes. on Simon. Hello, everyone. My name is Simon. I use uh, he, him pronouns. And uh, if you've been on this channel before, you'll know I am a, I was once a productive member of society and then I became a YouTuber and a streamer. And I mostly make videos and streams about science, but occasionally Warhammer and now D&D. Uh, and that just leaves the, hang on, where is she on the screen? She's Hello. below me on the screen. That just leaves Emily. Hi, uh, I'm Emily. I am a science video producer by day and by night slash in this game. I play Infin <laughs> Infinite Sky 6000, who is a druid droid and I love her. So the key things that I think people should know <laughs> uh, before we dive into this vague story recap. We've met three characters on the planet of Braxigantu. They've just arrived at a mining colony. Um, they nearly got robbed and or kidnapped um, before being recruited onto a mission to find some smugglers by the head of the mining colony. Um, and it, that was top secret. And that was all going well until they ended up going to a pub. And Space it may time. not have been as secret uh, as all that. We did tell, we told the Medi mechanic we right tell before as well. And, so. and, and it, it may have been mentioned a bit lots of like Shh. oh the thing we don't say yeah things we don't say um so that what's a medi mechanic <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so relevant to today's oh topic god, of so science um should we yeah so should we do should we do that one first medicine oh, yeah the medicine so so ali just threw in we met this medi mechanic and she had like a like a gun tube thing and Ali just threw in like here are some nanites for you it was like um, a sort of less of a gun tube thing more of like a, a hypodermic syringe right mounted onto a small gun in my so, head so a gun like, like a, thing <laughs> in my head it's like a MacGuffin you know it's just like it looks like the, every item in a sci-fi film that's like you must take this vial to the planet core or whatever yes. like you know quickly let's not explain things. how this works <laughs> yeah. there's no time <laughs> yeah it's quantum <laughs> yeah exactly but it's well, nanite the new quantum when it's when we're talking about sci-fi medicine is nanite the new quantum do they have to be exclusive can we do both quantum nanites why not both but what's a nanite 
I'm going to do that. What is a nanite? When you said nanites, I went, I don't know what a nanite is. It's a very old it. It's the second generation In game terms, it just turned out to be a potion of healing. But of course, the point is that all of our D&D effects and features can be explained through science. Um, and nanites is, I, I thought, I thought nanites was going to be a very sci-fi term and that no one would ever actually use, we use nanites, but like nanites is, is not, is not too out there. Um, but like nanobots is more common as a sort of subcategory of, of nanotechnology. We're talking about things at the nanoscale, basically Ro- robots at the nanoscale. And obviously in the game, it was like medicine and that is a big potential application for nanotechnology so is, is nanite like a subset of nanobot yeah no it's no it's no no it's what is a another, nanite is that a word ali made another up? word no no it's like it's a word that some people use but i i, I would say it was equivalent to, to nanobot would you agree yeah ali? i mean so when you see a robot as well i mean presumably if you're down at the kind of nanite level i don't know how wide an atom is it's an angstrom but i don't know how wide an angstrom is it's so about 10 no, an uh, sorry a tenth of a nanometer Right, so you've got 10 nanobots. So I guess you could build a tiny little sort of, you could build a robot, couldn't you? Maybe. Well, the, uh, this is okay, so the future, big yeah. question that I've had when I've lo- been looking this up, um, which is how do you define a robot? Which is definitely easier said than done. But um, I've got some examples of cool sort of nanobot health technologies. And maybe at the end, you can tell me whether you think they count okay. as a robot or not. Are you, re- is, is it really a robot? Is it really a robot? What is a robot? They're, yeah, they're what, what's, the, what's the great problem with de- defining a robot? I would have assumed that was quite easy to define. Yeah. Uh, well, I have I have a tab open with definition of robot and it's quite varied. Um, I've got a mechanical device that works automatically or by computer control. A machine capable of carrying out a complex series of actions automatically. Um, any automated... Automatically operated machine that replaces human effort. Has anybody seen The World's End the, with Simon Pegg? Yeah. That film? Yeah. yeah. So they, they're constantly saying with that, actually, robot is from an old Czech word, Czech word. Um, um, forced labor or something? Which it's means kind of slave. Dumb, isn't it? Forced, yeah, it means forced slave. labor. Yeah. It's, a, it's in Rossum's Universal Robots. R U R is the name of the, like, the work that it comes from. So I guess they are slaves, right? You just make them to do something and they do it for you and they have no will. They, they do it for you. They do something automatically. Um, but know, it's the it difference between that and slavery. I know that there is like a huge uh, ethical, like moral problem with like robots in sci-fi in general. Like the, the whole fact that in Star Wars, for example, robots clearly have individual personalities and yet they are treated as property and slaves. It's like... It, it, it's like a really weird thing when you actually start thinking about it. Like it's murdered just a, a little bit as well. Like, yeah, it's just a subhuman slave so class that like we're okay with just peeps. sacrificing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think it's one thing that will come up with like Infinite Sky 6000 is... Mm, someone already tried to own her. Right, and you know, she appears to have free will. Does does anyone have free will? Let's not go down that road. No! But um, no. yeah, you don't know. Yeah, but this is really important for the nanite stuff as well, because at what point do you say, you know, these little things have free will and can they no longer be controlled? Is that not what we're saying? So but what it, is free will? Uh, Sorry. No, <laughs> don't. Simon, okay, okay. stop it right now. <laughs> the kind of, let, well, let me give you an idea of the kind of 
level we're at at the moment because you can you know the idea is that you know we're looking at current sort of cutting edge science and thinking of, of where that could go um but the limitation like a huge part of this limitation is scale into what these things can do um because so um a a skin cell um is maybe like 30 micrometers i think a red blood cell is maybe like six seven eight uh micrometers um and a uh nanometer is obviously a thousandth of a micrometer and anything under a micrometer kind of counts as nano um but we're, we're at the scale of like molecules and proteins and w when you're sort of thinking about like uh nanoscale machinery proteins and dna and we mentioned on our last debrief the kinesin <laughs> molecule walking along the uh, <laughs> yeah, that we all immediately started doing the dance. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like a little machine, right? So so what we're doing is kind of creating artificial equivalents or even just using biological processes. You know, DNA origami, you know, people like make stuff out of DNA. I love that stuff. That's so, so is, interesting. Is it, fair to, is it fair to say that actually, you know, we're filled with nanorobots already. Um, we're just making biological for our usage. Yeah. 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 But no, but what is biological? That, what does that mean? It's I mean oh, they're just made out well, of naturally occurring. No, but I mean but, synthetic, you know. I suppose. Did we make them or did they evolve? All right, yeah. so it's about so if, you, if you're you creating something... it, it's not a naturally occurring thing in your body. So, so does it? So it we're naturally occurring. We're just the yeah. natural process that's creating. Yeah, and you wouldn't call thing. yourself a robot, would you? <laughs> naturally designed. Yeah, but like just because we occurring. make something, it's still natural, right? <laughs> As in, we are a natural process. This is going down the everything is chemicals route, <laughs> and not, I'm not we're not playing that game. Simon's being a little it. troll today. It's like, what is free will? <laughs> Last week that we were firmly in the physics camp, and like now we're in biology land, and all I can hear is the music from the magic roundabout whenever we start talking about anything biological. So <laughs> <laughs> the magic school bus actually for this one because they an amazing show what it is okay can we just confirm now that actually what all the healing potions are is lots of little doctors shrunk oh, right down that you eat okay but like, maybe let's they make them nothing. doctors rather than school children <laughs> oh, yeah, better. did anybody watch the sort of french animation of which had little blood cells, which are little red people with backpacks with oxygen bubbles in them, and they would just oh. walk around. No, but that sounds lovely. Oh, did you and make this up in a dream? All the little white blood cells. Oh, would, like, it was so lovely. Walk around and solve your body's problems. It was great. <laughs> right? Can I give you an example of a of a cool? Yes. <laughs> Please do. So we have something to base to base this on, right? Okay, so it could be something like this. Um, you take some. It, it, so in, in this case, um, DNA origami. Um, this was a paper from a few years ago, I think. Um, take a, a flat thing, uh, stick some thrombin in it, little molecules, stick them thrombin. in. It's a blood clotting agent. Why would you want to do that, you say? Oh, well, let me explain. Then <laughs> what you do is uh, <laughs> fold up the little DNA sheets, the thrombin stuck inside, and you stick some little nucleotide sequences on that recognize uh, molecules on the surface of cancer cells. Oh, there you go. There you go, little. Uh, little it's like bots. a Trojan horse. 
and it only opens when it's locked in. It opens, it causes blood clotting, starves the tumours. Amazing! That's amazing. So is that a thing, sorry, is that a thing that's happening or they're looking at doing at the moment? I don't think any of these things are in clinical use at the moment. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't how, think... How do you even assemble that, though? Like, surely you can't go in with a pair of tweezers. Tiny, and, tiny tweezers. You know. Don't you do it by coding it and so it all, like, folds in a certain way? Ooh. DNA but like you have to, gone. these sound like basically yeah. protein cannelloni. Like you've got yeah. to put them yeah. in the middle and then roll them up. Like yeah. that's a mechanical process, surely. But how do you control you that? You make it chemical. You you, you make all this yeah. chemical, right? You make it all do it automatically. That's the point of DNA origami is that DNA binds to specific things and thus will, will automatically conglomerate into a, into a specific form. Yeah, yeah, you've got to like get down there. So when you're at that level, it's like it's not like you're just sitting there looking at these sort of like bits of connects on the on a table. Like everything is being attracted or pushed away from everything else. Like there's viscosity involved. There's all sorts of forces sort of pulling in all different directions. If you can control them, you can shape stuff. It's my understanding. Yeah. So you could either have nanobots, which and I think in the nanites in the health potion, this is clearly things that are just acting automatically. Um, but you could have ones that are like controlled by like sound or magnetism or something. Sound. Like, from hey, like hear someone screaming and they're just like, quick! <laughs> Save them! Wait, what does that mean? We could, have, we could have an acoustically activated healing potion, whereas you drink yeah. and you go, fix me! And then they start going to Maybe work. That's what you could have acoustically activated so much stuff, like spells. <laughs> That's yeah, that's a get out of jail free card right there. Yeah. That's oh, amazing. But like shit, okay, right, yeah, but if you if you have this on a nano scale, you're gonna have to have some kind of processing for the sound, right? Not to pour cold water on this, but you would have to process the audio that it's receiving and, and then be like, wait a minute, wait till he says the keyword, wait till he says uh, <laughs> you know, heal me. Uh, and that's that, that's well, like, it's quite complex. So, so but, take these nanites and this computer. But what if don't ask right? which orifice it needs to go? <laughs> What if instead of one. instead of like a, a word, right? All you're doing is trying to hit a certain pitch or frequency or whatever, right? So in, instead of good. like words, magic becomes basically a sort of song that you're trying it's to hit. Like, like, oh! So you get stabbed and you're like, that's so much better. You must take precisely 447.5 hertz. I cannot wait to edit the podcast noise of this. Why is there a dolphin in this section of the podcast? Yeah, exactly. I take a dolphin with me wherever I go. So where we are at the moment is that they're trying to design all the components. So they're making, like, can we make an enclosing thing? Can we make a hinge? Can we make a motor? Um, can we make, like, a tiny propeller so it can propel itself along? And that thing exists. loads of things, Yeah. We have, because we have ATP uh, synthase, I think, is the molecule in the D, the protein in mitochondria, which attaches <laughs> phosphate to ADP, right? And it's basically a little propeller. It just goes round and round and round and round and round like that. So couldn't we take that from uh, biology and just be like, well, you have could that. just nick it. Yeah, there was what there were some examples where they just took the flagellum off a bacterium, you know, the little wiggly tail that they have to get around. They were just like, we'll have that. That's <laughs> so cool. That's so cool. Around. That's amazing. Oh my God, that puts a whole different spin on it. Suddenly these things are like little sperm zooming around your body. It's like, I'm, 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 where do I go? <laughs> and there was another one which was chemical, and I think it was like had hydrogen peroxide and it made little, it, it, it turned it into oxygen and the little oxygen bubbles just like propelled it along, I think. 
chemical propulsion as okay, well. Okay, so, so this is like mechanically how these things work. The other component though is like, if that's if, if we're saying that health potion is made of nanites, mm. but then how would a nanite restore hit points? What yeah. is the health potion? What is a hit point? What, what is, is a hit just, point? No, just can't Here we even go. go into that. Right, what I would like to propose is that the basis of it is wound healing. Because what, what else do you really need in D&D? You just go around getting stabbed and shot. And then you take a health potion and you don't bleed to death. Like some of us yeah. receive psychological wounds, like <laughs> when someone tries to stab us. It's also actually well, like damage. I, I mean, that blood clotting thing would be really useful if you're bleeding out and you can send the nanites to there and they can like instantly form like a protective barrier. How about this? Yeah, nice. What about a set of nanites which jumps in, which crosses the blood-brain barrier, jumps in, uh, and will get inside neurons and stop them from laying down memory? So you you receive. Down memory. A, oh, geez, ho hold sorry. up, just let me finish, right? So you you <laughs> receive some horrific psychic blow, like some awful like illithid has made you imagine the death of yourself or someone dear to you over and over and over again, and you're like, oh I'm my really god, scared I'm... that this is what we're in yeah, for because he's describing it, <laughs> and then. <laughs> You take the potion and in it goes and it's like, whoop, that memory's gone. Don't worry, you're fine well, now. There is a spell called modify memory. So maybe that yeah, is what that's it. that is. Although getting things getting things into a cell through the cell membrane, much harder than just getting them in the bloodstream and around the cells. Yeah, because even through the blood brain barrier, I can never say it, blood brain barrier, um, you've still then got to get into the nerve cell at that point. But also, is that how memory works? Is it Because the way you described it is like Gromit laying down track in front of the train <laughs> in like a, a close shape. Well, so, you know... <laughs> Neuroscience question mark. Um. I'm so glad you asked. Um, yeah, so it's like... Basically, you know, they can they can change the the strength of the connections between themselves. But to change that, they actually have to add little sort of machines to the cell membrane and physically change themselves. And to do that, they have to make proteins and shit, which requires going to the nucleus and being like, boom, we've got a lot of proteins we've got to make. So what you can do is you can jump in and be like, no, you're never going to make it to the nucleus. So nothing gets modified. So the memory doesn't come in. Hey, true story. Oh, there's so an ominous. army on the way to the nucleus. <laughs> You're never going to make it to the nucleus, I'm sunshine. That, like... Oh, whoa there. <laughs> one so day, Alex had a, a terrible all of accident. I had a I had a professor in Oxford who um, said that when, when I was there, like in 2005, there was this paper published in Nature which said that um, they found this chemical which does that exact thing, right? It just, it's a powder. And if it gets onto the brain, it will just stop that happening. And this guy, this professor said he'd ordered some to do some experiments, but no one in his lab was brave enough to actually open it. So it had been unused in the back of the fridge and remained there the entire time. I was convinced you were going to say he ordered it, but had no memory of doing it. <laughs> yeah. That could have been better. It that would been. be a better story. Can you get him to change like, the... <laughs> like all the research is there on his desk and it's just... But that, oh, that's like a looper kind of problem because like surely you research and you read your own research to the point where you're like, oh, this is amazing, but no one else is going to test this. So I've got to try it. And then you forget everything and the whole thing resets. Oh, and there's yeah, just a, a dwindling amount of this... Oh my God, that's so good. Imagine meeting that character. You'd have no like, memory and you'd have no memory. It like, could be us. Also, we could have done it. <laughs> think about <laughs> like, you know, what do you do? Long. It's a conundrum, right? That person is trapped in this loop and they're happy. Do you tell them the truth and break them out of it, or do you just let them while away the rest of their life? We are going so philosophical today, everyone. And I wasn't <laughs> yeah. quite prepared for it. Um, I do have a question <laughs> around the nanites. And mm. you know, we're talking about them in a very sort of biological thing. Obviously, I am playing Infinite Sky 6000, who is a mm. 
destroyed. Um, I don't have blood. Do I have blood? I don't think I have blood. So would the health potion work the same way? How's, how's something you're going to get around? But like that also, so for me, that prompts the second question. <laughs> I have another question oh. to answer your question, which is, right. uh, do you have an equivalent of an immune system? Because you can take damage and you can mm. heal. Is it called not an antivirus? <laughs> <laughs> I have. You get a little maybe sound effect. You have nanites. Maybe Infinite Sky has a nanite-based immune <gasps> system. That's such maybe a that's good idea. What works, right? That's maybe that's all just walking around, making but sure you're also, okay. Wow, so, but the other way cool. of sort of question is: so if the potion can be drunk by a biological thing and by a mechanical thing and work the same way, does that mean that the nanites in the potion have some degree of adaptability? And it, so, is it possible to make nanites that can decide which which they're going to do? I mean, definitely not right now. But... Yeah, because right now, that's the thing, is that right now they're so simple and they're so specific. And I don't, I think if you swallowed them, it would just come out. Well, the other thing that comes to mind, though, is that like, the, the only, well, okay, I'm going to massively oversimplify, but like the reason that we have blood is that we are transporting material around the body, right? Like you are taking, whether that's food or information or whatever it is, and putting it around the body. Why would an, uh, a synthetic organism have need for that? Because surely it's just needs a central nervous system and then localized mechanical components. Like you're assuming that nothing will ever change. Power. But like I just I I guess I don't see why a, a synthetic organism would need something like a circulatory system to transport, even if it was something seemingly useful like oil or I, I mean the closest thing I suppose would be a system that is just circulating energy, which is your wiring. Wouldn't the reason a robot would have one the same reason? be the same reason that we do is that you have um specializations you have the area where the healing nanobots are made and the area that keeps the okay, yeah and yeah. you need to get them places another um, one would be heat blood transport oh, yes, heat, heat a lot yeah. and you would need to disperse heat from and thinking about infinite sky being the terraforming robot that she is she has a lot of biological material within her anyway mm, for her spells yeah. and things like that yeah. so maybe yeah. there is like more of a biological component than it looks like on the surface she's like a submarine for plants yeah just realized yeah. Oh this tiny gosh. little environment inside her where she keeps plants all happy oh, and healthy that's so sweet yeah, or you could view it as like a shark tank i guess uh, basically a shark tank a shark is kind tank. of like a submarine but for on land it's a what? supermarine <laughs> you know you're taking mm. an environment to keep an organism happy and healthy but you're putting it in an entirely hostile environment it's like for humans that's a submarine in oceans whereas for sharks that's like a fish tank so in a way a shark is like With a fish wheels. tank <laughs> yeah why does it have to have wheels <laughs> I have a cheat I have a shark cheat gotta eat man for our, for our flexibility of bot sorry I'm, I'm still thinking about a question from like five minutes ago which it's is fine. how does it work on both biological things mm. are they adaptive they're tiny instead of making them adaptive put all the different nanobots that anyone could ever possibly yes. need into your injection gun. perfect nah, way too inefficient they're tiny but surely it, you'd also have to account for every alien physiology like surely they would be there, specifically we've not coded met any aliens yet in our uh, game True, true yes there's been mentions that, that they existed well, um, could there also... be a way of putting every every possible one but like a tiny like even like one of each right 
And then once they go into a creature and they recognize they're the one that's working, they start replicating. Exactly. Yes. Wait, are we right, coming so up with the immune system? It's a portable <laughs> immune system. That's all that it is. You're injecting if, a new immune system. So if you had yeah, like, well, yeah. so if you've got these little tiny sort of nanite factories, right? So you inject yourself with like a zillion nanite factories, all of which do a different thing. And then they respond to the, the situation that's at hand. So then the nanite factory is like, boom, got to make loads of my nanite. And then they make it out of the stuff in your body, right? Yeah. Does that mean that that stuff is biological or is that? Like, yeah, what? let's make it. Let's make them eat biological. <laughs> what we need to do is we need to make self-replicating tiny nanobots that consume human flesh in order to make more of themselves. And there is no way that this will ever end badly. Yeah, that's that's the grey goo apocalypse. Is exactly yes. what you just described. <laughs> that is not the grey. That is not what we're calling it. Simon. We're calling it health potions. Ali owns hundred percent of the shares in this company. <laughs> I invested heavily. I am exposed. <laughs> Grego is just a myth pushed by the mainstream media. I feel like most um, of the current I've... research is avoiding self-replicating nanobots these days. I don't know whether it's in case of Grego collapses. Yeah. How a lot about of issues this, with replicating things? This nanobot, right? Which I think a large amount of us already have inside us. Mm. The AstraZeneca vaccine. I've got oh, Pfizer, that's an animal, but, isn't it? You know, Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. But, but yeah, no, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of nanotech stuff in in vaccines, and this also comes back down to the how you define like nanotechnology because the the Novavax vaccine that's that I think it might might still be in trial um, was like oh yeah nanotechnology, and, and their sort of nanoparticles is a bunch of the coronavirus spike proteins, but kind of like stuck together, and then they're like nanoparticle, and then instead of using mRNA, they just like Spike proteins, go, like, you take go. them, there you suck go. Suck it in and, and you know, anything that's nanoscale is a, a nanoparticle. So I was kind of like, oh, what's the... Oh, so, so I, I'm still confused about what, what exactly is a nanite then? Is it just a, 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 a construct that is less than a micron in size? I My definition, <laughs> well, I'm going to decide that a nanite is another word for, for nanobot, which is... I'm going to say synth a synthetic, as in a, like a human-made um, nanoscale device that performs a task. Is that too vague? No, it's an object it, that has a function, like yeah, a designed yeah. function. It, it's kind of almost chemistry, though, isn't it? Because like a chemical can go in, respond to something and change. Um, is that a robot? Probably not. Where's the mm. line? I don't know. Mm. Ooh. This is good. So are yeah, we coming to a conclusion on what our health potions are? I think loads of different nanobots. Okay, so to come back to my loads of different ones, there's a lot of cybernetics. There's a lot of people with cybernetic implants. They would need both. They would need the human healing. They would need the robot healing. You need to put it all in there. I like Universal the idea healing potion. I think your your idea of the different ones and then they replicate if they're needed because you you don't necessarily have to have that vial completely full of nanites, do you? It could be a little tiny few nanites and the rest is just the goo that they need to synthesize more of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Injecting a load of goo into your. Does arm that mean though? Like, let's say that you're a partially synthetic, partly organic life form. That we all you inject are. it into one uh, the, the synthetic part. Do you say the synthetic cool. part is then healed and then the organic part is still like oh. No, so because it travels, travels around the system. Yeah, no, no, but surely, yes. with that logic of like, you have like, a, it's almost like a stem cell of the healing yeah. potion plus 
material that allows them to replicate. The, the first contact is like, oh, this is synthetic. So I need to breed lots and lots of synthetic. No, no, because no, it's, it's specific to the injury. It will, if it finds an injury, it will, a biological injury, it will synthesize wound healing. Once yeah, yeah. But what happens else. if, say, you're slashed, you receive slash damage, and so artificial and organic components have been damaged? They it need... will go around and find both. It's the same yeah. immune system. Like when, when it finds got... something, it's not one or the other. It can do. Multiple. If you have two you're diseases, addicted. your body can fight them both at the same time. Just but then, how long horrible. does that last for? Like, because because the way I'm imagining this is you have like a, a yeah, seed two step step four. one D four plus four. Exactly. One D four plus four HP. Because like, surely if if they are just perpetually like if they stay around for a long time, long enough to establish multiple injuries, then you're just constantly self-healing. So it feels like they need to be that, in order for them to mimic the effect of a health potion, they need well, to have that Health potions particle. last for, uh, well, the, it takes an action, right? I think to take one. So it's yeah. six seconds because they're not well, healing you again. Action. If you get hit after that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There's one thing that we're not sort of thinking about, which is basically your body is this incredibly violent, difficult environment for any small thing to be inside. Yeah. So, I, you know, you swallow these things, right? You've got six seconds and then suddenly, bang, they've been destroyed by the immune yeah. system. What's, what is the problem, Simon? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we move on from nanites, can I just tell you my favorite nano machine that I found? Absolutely. Which is some people uh, designed a nano car this was it this was back in 2005 i don't know if you've heard about this um and it's technically a single molecule um and it's it's a it's a bunch of like aromatic rings and stuff with four buckyballs like buckminster fullerene <laughs> spheres on the end <laughs> and they they can make it move around and they did studies to show that when it's moving around it's not just sliding around but the buckyballs are actually rotating <laughs> Like so what you're saying is nanoparticle goes brr. <laughs> nanoparticle goes brr. Yes. Amazing. That's so cool. That's great. Yeah. So I think we fixed that then. Yeah. Healing potions so are universal no nanobots. questions. Nothing yeah. whatsoever. I haven't written any notes down, but I'm going to write <laughs> nanobots <laughs> healing universal. Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, lecture <laughs> notes. Is this? Oh, I was yeah. supposed to be on the test. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the There was all sorts of awesome shit in the chat, which we couldn't talk about. Twitch chat? Yeah, Twitch, Twitch chat. chat. Twitch.tv4 slash Simon Clark. Um, <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> Yeah, that one, the one we're on right now. Um, yes, some really interesting contributions there. I like the idea of these being steam powered, as if that doesn't make things exponentially more difficult. <laughs> Wait, because it, most of your body powered. is water, right? So, you know, <laughs> Not the, temperature, the temperature gradient, it's over like nanometers. <laughs> Everything's steampunk. Uh, I suppose you could use it as like a heat engine. Like there'd be I'm a Not power. being steam powered. I no, I'm not. I have to have like an AI system. <laughs> and unless you can come goggles. up with be a little, little steampunk. Oh, that's true. We could just turn into a full yeah. steampunk. Yeah, yeah, that's great. No, All I have right. AI. <laughs> As we Here go on, the technology in the series just regresses. Braxaganti becomes more and more <laughs> steampunk. I mean, this guy is actually just also... a person wearing a mask. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh, it'd be like that um, in Men in Black. You know, there's the, um, the one where they find Orion's uh the galaxy in the and, like, in the little cat in a tank's belt yes yeah, but like the owner spot. is like a it looks like a human but then like the face comes open and there's just a tiny little alien like pulling oh, levers, oh, levers. Oh, 
spoilers <laughs> for men in black that we didn't warn people. Yeah, men in black spoilers. Yet? Men in black spoilers. <laughs> We're going to have to put that at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, if you haven't seen the movie Men in Black from 1997, please <laughs> skip forward to 30 minutes. I was actually please having a conversation because it's with a so friend good. who hasn't watched it, and I, I told them off. I was like, it's you great, have to go and watch it right It's right a the great film. <laughs> I really like the song from the second one. Nod Your Head what is song? a classic. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember the animated series. There was a, there was a oh. Men in Black animated series that was on CBBC for a little while. Oh, amazing. And I remember thinking it was amazing that they got Will Smith to do it. And it, it wasn't. Did they? No, that it definitely it. wasn't. It was like the classic <laughs> thing of somebody pretending to be a voice actor. When you were a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Will definitely Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. And now I listen to it back and it's, like, it's just so obvious. <laughs> oh, well. But that was only so. So that was like one of the things that we said we wanted to talk about this D and D brief: the health potions and nanites. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was really cool was whilst we were going to definitely not a space tavern, we noticed the graffiti on the walls that was in a variety of languages, Mm -hmm. and um, one of them was dwarvish with a V. We decided, right? It's it's dwarf. It just is dwarvish, like. I mean, there are two, but okay. Indeed, if it's D&D, then yes, it's with a V. Um, And um, what, Ali, what was your concept for Dwarvish? Because you're the the man with all of the answers to this right now. I am, and ever shall be. Uh, It was that, so you walk in and you see this sort of, all this graffiti on the walls, right? And I mean, graffiti is hard enough to read as it is, right? But instead of just being in a language, you're... uh, it's part of it is in what we might recognize as language and then part of it is switching to what you might recognize as computer code and then even more you might even see you know a bit of binary in there like it, it's essentially just subsuming what we think of as computer code language into our natural language this is kind of what i was what i've been looking at um that over seems the last very impractical week. Why? Well, mainly because I can't read computer code, so I'd just be there going like, "What's this bit? Like, what? Yeah, what's the, what's the what's the advantage? What can you say with computer code, like quicker and easier? What kind of things are you conveying?" I guess think about it like this, right? So, a lot of the dwarves who we've met, right? Their sort of defining feature is that they're quite heavily cyberneticized not a word and so the question you've got to ask really is how how are they communicating with their cybernetic bits oh, right yeah that is a good question and then the next question becomes they might be communicating with them are their cybernetic bits communicating back so yes what presumably so what does that feel like how does that how does that manifest itself in your mind and might it be that you know, the way you feel like you're, you have an internal monologue, which is in the language that you speak, if part of you speaks code, might that work its way into your internal monologue? A personal oh, do- uh, anecdote, actually, in relation to that. I, I, when I was, <laughs> no, trust me, when I, was, um, when I was learning to code for the first time uh, at Oxford, uh, the first language that we used was C, and I really, really found it difficult. And I was like obsessed with trying to understand this like new way of like communicating. I had a dream in C once. Like I literally dreamed in programming language and it was the weirdest thing, but so I could, I kind of can understand like how that might work. Cause it was like, 
I was seeing the lines in front of me, but I felt I, I felt what they were doing, like what what action they were taking. It was really strange, but I, I, I think what happened with the dream. That's amazing. Do, I think tell, I was, us, yeah. tell us more. I think I was trying to approximate pie or something. It was like, <laughs> oh, wow. You're <laughs> such classic. a nerd. <laughs> well, because it was like one of those program uh, like tasks that they give you when you're first learning a language. There's like a few set things that you might try to do. And it was like, I definitely remember there was a loop in there and it was like, you define all your variables at the start and it was like, you're, go you're changing the information as you go through line by line and then there'd be a loop where you get better and better at something. But I, I just remember like, I could see the code in front of me and knew what it meant and I, I somehow felt connected to what the lines were doing. It was really weird. <laughs> I, got a, I got a question. My God. Um, so when that was happening, um, did you, how did you feel like the the language the code language was expressing itself it was it like normal language where you can kind of express anything your feelings emotions questions anything like that or did it feel more like a set of instructions which you just had to follow yeah it, it felt like um a set of instructions i didn't feel like there was a huge amount of agency in like interpreting it it was like these this is a set of instructions that is being executed right now you don't have much say in the matter but you are feeling the process taking place right that kind of gets to what i have been thinking which and stop me if this is all bollocks but <laughs> ali everything um, we're talking about is bollocks we were talking about nano robots fixing we, we haven't got to that npc yet <laughs> it's real it's real oh the bollocks Boy, no, he's oh, not a boy. <laughs> raisin head, shriveled raisin. I don't know why I'm pushing this. Yeah, yeah, shriveled this is, raisin this man. Is a character That's in what he is. Or thing. Um, you didn't meet yes. him, <laughs> Yeah, you just looked. We at just him. looked at him like, and then didn't no, go to no, sir, You have a ball sack for a head. We've all made <laughs> such awkward him. characters that we were all like, "Well, <laughs> guess that's that then." That's NPC DM. We're gonna go. I think my, my character yeah. was like, oh, good, excuse to leave the bar. Yeet! <laughs> yep. Yep. Infinite Sky was yeah. like, you want to go outside? Absolutely. You <laughs> <laughs> were talking about bollocks. We'll be leaving. I was, yeah. Thank Tell you. Uh, yeah, so the difference between formal and natural language. So, the, because our language is natural language and it has rules but those rules are not, uh, those rules are flexible and they're very complicated and they may change depending on the context that you're in. Um, and so there is no one set of rules, whereas a uh, formal language is a set of logic-based rules that you must follow in order to read a, a particular piece of language. Yeah. And so computer code is formal language and natural language is what we use. And I was really interested in hearing how you felt your dream code, how you felt that, because that's a, that's a formal language inserting itself into what would normally be the natural language of dreaming. And if it did feel like this is a logic gate system that you have to now follow, to me, it feels like, like the difference between choosing to move your arm and having a reflex action of like knocking your elbow. You know, yeah. you, you know you're moving your elbow, but you can't do anything about it. Oh, that's a really good comparison. I really like that. I, I'd like to point out that I am not alone. Uh, Cass in chat is saying that uh, she has dreamt in Java JavaScript in the wow. past. The part of her brain troubleshooting what you were what she was working on before she went to sleep. 
And in case it helps Ali, when I go to sleep thinking of coding issues, I speak in the coding language in the video. I assume she means dream. And I'm talking to the issue itself as if it's an entity. So oh, God, pose It's, it's like the, the end of Matrix Revolutions. That's how I'm imagining that. <laughs> talking what, to Opinion to some huge, like, <laughs> stuff full of spoilers for Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> if you haven't I... seen the movie Matrix Revolutions, don't. I haven't seen <laughs> any yeah. of the Matrix. You haven't seen any of the Matrix? You haven't seen the Matrix 1! the first one. No, nope. I haven't seen any of them. Because I feel like I've seen everything about, like, the red and the blue pill, and I feel like I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And the, like, slow right. motion back then. Like, I know, I know what happens in the Matrix. That's pretty much it, Watch it as a trans allegory, and suddenly it's like an extra <laughs> level of how okay. amazing that film okay, is. Okay, that sounds better. Um, I was just going to say, when I have dreams like that, it's just because I've played too much like Tetris or something. I was going to say, I it's, just just, it's just the Tetris blocks just falling. <laughs> Gotta get the, get the long one. Oh no, yeah. oh no, I've got really... That sounds room. really anxiety inducing. Have you never played a game so much that you see <laughs> it before you go to bed? Yeah. It's, it's just obsessive yeah. in your mind. Yeah. I've been Tetris sounds like the worst one that you could possibly I have. love Tetris. <laughs> Tetris is, yeah. But like you're, just, you're just dreaming, getting more and more anxious. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Things are going faster and faster, you're losing And control. now you understand my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, the formal natural language thing. Yeah. What Cass is saying is super interesting. Um, and I, because it, it seems to me from the outside, having never dreamt in code, that you... <laughs> the point of part of the thing that comes wrapped up in code is because your code is you're basically trying to order you're ordering a slave system the computer to do a set of series of things right the computer can't express its own will and answer back code's not built to do that it is simply instructions and so i, I was wondering like how you can how you would integrate that into natural language where you know maybe some of them's obviously if you're giving an instruction to someone but it might be like Let's say language, natural language, it depends on the context that you're in, on how you read it. Different words can mean different things. Grammar can be different. Maybe the code is the one invariant in that situation. So the code tells you, it puts you in a context and says, this is how you can understand the rest of this natural language. And that's the sort of beginning of the rest of your- It's almost like importing a library. You're like, yes. import casual social situation. And then initiate, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then suddenly you can read the language around you, like, oh, I see, I'm at a cocktail party. Jesus. Well, that's kind of how I guess we subliminally do it, right? Like when we walk into a situation, you're like, yes, I'm in a gathering of 40 people and they are all drunk. Yeah, okay, I'm set. And then you have yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. a set of instructions. It's true. The other thing, the other thing that 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 your idea though, Ali, of um, that's how you communicate with organic and synthetic components is. It, either there is a standard language across all components or you run into translation issues oh no if your limbs can't talk don't, to you oh no who, so, who designed oh, no. this you're, totally. the one, you're the one with a mechanical arm that's going to get fucked by this simon yeah. so don't give him ideas oh. <laughs> but listen but so so there's there's part of it is like can your mechanical arm come and be part of your thoughts right in which case you sort of having a conversation with it as it's happening but another thing is right let's say instead of having a code say code is too simplistic a set of instructions for your very complicated mechanical arm is not enough what you need is for it to have natural language of its own so that it can explore environments without you having to order it around right and then come back like an octopus's arm right which has its own little brain why would you want that i want my arm to do only what yeah. i say i do well, not i don't want to wake up with my own arm choking me to death yeah Mike. Why would you want that? I know. I'm the one that's been ruining all of your plans. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> you wake up being choked. Stop. 
<laughs> You've got third lord of robotics within your own body. <laughs> okay, not getting good feedback on that. But... <laughs> Sorry. No, but octopuses... <laughs> Yeah. have octopuses each of their legs has a mini brain in it and then there's a sort of overarching mega brain that sits in the head which and it, uh, you know whenever they one of the arms find something interesting they're like well, i found something interesting i better tell the super brain so maybe it could be like that well, the Delegation. Other thing would be, no, that's scary it, it, if you want to get around the whole translation issue like what if a component came with firmware installed like it had its own language that then interfaced with your neural operating system but presumably that firmware would evolve uh, to uh, you know, better integrate with you as a person and probably have some kind of memory in it. What happens then if you get a component that was previously attached to somebody else and has potentially part of them within the oh, firmware? No, no. You've, you've hit you've hit the nail on the head there, Simon. What does happen? <laughs> oh my it's god, it's such lines. a good point. But what if you get mechanical get legs? Like you get mechanical legs that were previously on a dancer and suddenly you're just like, what? I can oh, rumba now. Oh, that would be cool. That's actually, that's a really good point though, because like people always lend talk about me muscle legs. memory. Oh, I've, got to, much... I've, I've got to go on a date. Can you lend me your legs so that so, I can actually yeah, dance with this, this person? Amazing. Yeah. If my muscles have, have muscle memory, I, I guess that's probably not really stored in the muscles, but like, why not? And especially if it was slightly self, you know, it didn't all have to come from in, instructions for the brain. They were sort of slightly independent. Mm. Then yeah, you could get different limbs to, to be good at doing things, not just because, not just mechanically, because it's got a claw on, but also it, it could do the movements well. So the question itself. is, what do you, what do you feel when that's happening? Do you do you feel like this is just a sort of thing that's happening to me? I'm dancing the rumba, or does do you feel the sensations of knowing how to dance rumba? Mm. I wonder and if then there's a, could if you there's take like, that back? Uh, yeah, can like you integrate into yourself? Is there a shadow of the previous personality of the user somehow? in the firmware because of how they used to use that thing. You perceive I guess that. it depends what it is, right? Like you, you may maybe, you know, taking someone's taking someone's knee is not gonna be much of an issue, but taking someone's hand might be, a, you know, it's incredibly personal sort of part of the body. Well, this is talking of movies again, did anyone, what was it called? Like it's called like the eye or something and it's a really bad horror film, but someone gets a cornea transplant and then start seeing like, I don't think it's dead That's people. Oh, I watched it so long, so long <laughs> ago. But the idea is that like part of the person from before like takes over, it's a horror film. There's there's no That's, science in it. That is nearly but, as bad as Wild Wild West. Do you remember what happens with eyes <gasps> in Wild Wild West? No. When I... somebody, somebody sees, uh, no, somebody's murdered and um, they're like, right, we've got to work out what killed them. The, th the last thing they saw must have been imprinted on their eyes. So they put like a lantern within their head and then like light shines Shine. out of their eyes to form the image of that's the last thing they saw. Work. That's brilliant. <laughs> Some of the worst and sights I've ever seen. That's amazing. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So this is the opposite of how a lot of brain computer interfaces currently work, where you have to spend ages training them. Yeah. You have to get, you have to spend ages getting to know it like you know it's like learning to play a computer game but like way more con confusing and with so your brain that yeah so part of this is what current so currently brain computer interfaces as you've just said are incredibly simple and dumb and what they do oh. for the most oh, part is true. that they they take a they use the eeg so that's just the combined or like the the electrical activity at different parts of your skull <laughs> so you know they'll put a set of electrodes on your head and yes that <laughs> those things <laughs> what it is and eeg 
is famously incredibly low resolution. So, it, you know, it could divide your head up into a few different bits, but that's it. So all the computer can see is a few different bits of your head saying high activity or low activity. And so all the multiplexity complexity of your thought is basically condensed down to, I can turn the left bit of my head on or the left bit of my head off, or the right bit of my head on or the right bit off. And then using that, the computer says, oh, the left bit's on, I'll go left. The right bit's on, I'll go right. And that's, that's it. It's, yeah. I, it's like if you were, tell me about if you like this analogy or not. I was working on it quite hard. It's like, no pressure. So please like it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your honest feedback, but I just spent hours doing this name for <laughs> I will leave if you say it's bad, so. But no, give me your honest opinion. <laughs> I really want to know what you think. Yeah. But my entire <laughs> sense of self hinges on it. So. I won't be destroyed if you don't like it. <laughs> Honestly, I really just want, just tell me what you think. <laughs> it's on, like if, if you were to try and work out what was happening on a computer simply by looking at the brightness of the screen. Oh, I like it. That's lovely. Well, done. A lot of, well, Thank well, you. Great analogy. Thank you. That's yeah. paid off. Round of applause. Well done. I'm really proud of you, Annie. Yeah. That was eight hours well spent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I really feel that, guys. I feel quite emotional. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny you mention that. I, I actually am working on a project at the moment where I want to try and control a program via an EEG cap. Um, cool. I've, I've always been tempted to try it. And if I can justify doing it for a video, then like I can just dork out and it's technically work. That's so I might actually have to give you a call about that, Ali. Uh, okay, my, I do. I mean, it's like I have them in my house. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm going to buy the cap, brain guy. But like, I, I, I'm imagining <laughs> that you basically do a principal component analysis on the output. So you do, you have like training data and then you identify, you know, yeah. patterns. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, that's what Shams, you were saying about you need yeah. to train it to because it doesn't, you don't know how to turn the, the right bits of your brain on, as it were, as far as the EEG yeah. can see, you don't know. So some people think about it, it's like you have to think about moving your left hand or something, and then that suddenly turns it on. And then the mm. machine goes, oh, that's it. And then you have to practice turning the machine on by thinking about moving your left hand. And it's all just a bit kind of crap, but you can get, you know, you can put electrodes within the brain itself if you really want to do it. But even then we don't really understand the code. So it's, um, it's still is doing right. right? Yeah, that's what I mean. They're doing it right, but well, yeah, you don't have to understand the code if you do. If you do training, like you don't have to understand it. You just that massively decreases the number of options you have when you're trying to communicate with the thing. Unless it's got incredibly sensitive, unless it's so sensitive that you thinking of, you know, mm -hmm. eating dinner with your mother yesterday versus but eating dinner with your mother. In our design, these things are semi-independent, so they already know the range of specialised things that they need to do, and they've got some sort of autonomy. I quite, I quite like that as a as a way to get round swapping in and out uh, prosthetics. Mm. What? Because you don't. I quite like the idea that you don't have to fully be able to tell them exactly what to do because they have sort of default settings. Like, because we're talking about like mining colony, like people with mining equipment, essentially, as part of their bodies, you know, there's probably a limited number of things that that extension is supposed to do. You swap out your, your different arm. Yeah. Things. In fact, you know, if you were going to a kind of scrap metal dealer, you would be like, listen, I need an arm which has done 30 years worth of, you know, or 10,000 miles. It's a good shape apart from that. <laughs> exactly. and, then, and, and then you get it on, you're like, boom, now I can work in the mining colony, even though I've never mined. I had, I, 
Sorry, that's was that a hint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that a breadcrumb that was supposed to fall in it? Don't do it, like, everyone. Next <laughs> no, if he... someone offers you a mining hey, arm, just don't take it. You're not breaking my robot apart. Like, you're the one with the mechanical arm. You have to do we it. We tried to get a job <laughs> in mining you, last episode, and she was like, no, yeah. it's okay, not mining. I'm, just, I'm still yeah, not over true. this. You decided our backstory was that we were going to be archaeologists <laughs> on the planet that has just been terraformed. I forgot. Well, well, there's no history! Also, also, I, it was then pointed out to me that archaeologists aren't usually the ones digging up fossils, which is what I claimed we were looking for. Yeah, paleontologists. It's almost so like we, really don't, we didn't know what we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> you're the one with the high... You know that meme from Invincible? It's like, think! She's, <laughs> she's charisma, though. She's not. Are you intelligent? I've not got the int, no. I yeah, technically do, but... Um, yeah. I'm not going... <laughs> Not going in Finzi's way. I wanted us to be like the characters in The Mummy. That's why I wanted to be archaeologists. Oh, no, that's or Indiana Jones. Other, other films I haven't seen. I just thought... What? Nah. <laughs> Don't tell me on me. I, I just wanted I to be cool, okay? I thought we'd be cool archaeologists. Name a film that you've seen, and I will tell you if it was a better use of your time than watching The Mummy or The Matrix. Well, okay, well, when I think of The Mummy, I think of Brendan Fraser, and I have Correct. watched George of the Jungle a billion times. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're, you're putting that man's kids through college. Like, Absolutely. Bless him, we love Brendan Fraser. Oh, God, he's so great. That scene where with the horses in George of the Jungle. What? Do you not know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly Once the one you're talking about. With my little about. brother uh, at a school. Okay, you need to watch it again, and especially that scene. Just look up George okay. the Jungle horses scene. And we'll Science, everybody. Like, <laughs> okay, Anything with Brendan Spanish Fraser it doesn't, it doesn't count. Name another film you've watched. <laughs> Before you do that, I have more. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the science, Ali. I want to hear the science. Look at so, clips on YouTube later. I looked Send up. I looked up in, in on the internet. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Hi, there, Boomer. <laughs> I love this meme on Hello. the internet. On the internet, I went on it. It's amazing, and I. This is uh, an excellent so was, rectangle. <laughs> this, <laughs> It plays all of my songs. It's his phone for podcast listeners. It's it's a phone. <laughs> so you this is this is really relevant to Cass and you actually, Simon, because they did uh, they did an experiment was carried out where they um did an MRI scan of people when they were reading code versus people when they were reading natural language Ooh. to see if they activated the same brain areas, and they don't. The the natural language activates very specific langu language areas and the computer code uses the multiple demand system i do not know what that is but it sort of involves the frontal lobes and it's a general kind of logic puzzle solving system so you you don't you don't treat code like language even though we call it that and even more interestingly maybe you don't use the same system you use for maths which is another system of logic hmm. it's similar but it's not quite the same Maths well, has its own special area in the brain that's just the maths. Well, it's not, it's not just the area, it's, I think it's the way it uses the areas. But okay. yeah, so there you go. That's, that's hot off the press. That was like this year that came out. And I emailed the, um, the author to be oh, like, wow. hey, Whoa. would it be different if all these people were experts? Would they think it was a language then? You know, if yeah. you're an expert coder, would you be reading it like a language? And she said, nobody knows because that's not been done. <laughs> But thanks, scientist. More funding required. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you have a grant for me? <laughs> yeah. 
but I'll she tell said, you the answer if you give me money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said intuitively she would imagine that it's the opposite, that the more you do code, the more you realize it's not a language. It's its own mm. thing. Even, even no... considering the, di the difference which we talked about between natural language and uh, what was the other one? Formal, not a formal language. language. Formal language. That's the point, is that formal language, yeah. So, so are you saying that formal language isn't a language at all? Yeah. I'm saying that the brain doesn't treat it as one. Yeah. It doesn't swap, swap in and out in the same way. Like, you know, when you learn different languages and you kind of swap words between them because, you, you know, you kind of treat them as the same thing. Mm. That code doesn't. And you're, so that, and you're also saying that maths is separate to both of those. So maths so it, isn't it, a language. It's not a formal it, language. It, okay. To be, to be brutally frank, it uses a, the same system, but it doesn't use it in the same way. Right. So it, it's not quite the same as maths, but it, so that comes back to whether you could actually integrate um, formal language into natural language, like we're saying that the dwarves do, because mm -hmm. this would suggest that no, you couldn't because they're different things, right. unless, as we suggested, you taught the machine parts to read, to, to have their own natural language, which could then integrate into the language areas, maybe, I don't know. Wow, that's I'm, really <laughs> I'm imagining that the graffiti on that bar was like instructions like open door, move six steps towards bar area, exchange mm. money for goods and or services. I, I thought you were going to be like, turn to page 314, <laughs> and then you turn there and there's just like, like a cock and balls been drawn. <laughs> so, of course. Like every of textbook that you ever used in school. Yeah. Or like for graffiti, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so finally, I guess, um, thinking about, this is the final thing I did anyway. Um, <laughs> thinking about the code, actually, you've got to think what kind of computers are going to be around then, even. So I had, to, I tried to understand quantum computing and failed. But the one thing I did learn is that it probably can't use the same code as the standard computers that we use, or at least we don't know what kind of code it can use. Okay, right. Now my understanding of quantum computing is that basically, it's it, is that because the previous way that computers work was on Boolean logic gates, ultimately, like it's it's just logic statements within the electronics and quantum computers are don't use those exact same gates. Is that the reason why we, we can't use the same language? Yes, I think. So let me just say that as I wrote it out so that we can all... <laughs> so computers talk in binary, right? That's what the ones and zeros are. And that's whether your, your transistor is High, like letting current through or not letting current through. So it's like a switch, is it on or is it off? And then everything else flows from that. So everything your computer does is just a series of off or on switches. Mm -hmm. Quantum computers, instead of using an off or on switch as their carrier of information, what they use is the spin or possible spin of an electron or uh, something or another thing which has spin uh, at an atomic level. And so the thing about, let's just assume it's an electron for now. The thing about the spin of electrons is that before you measure them, they can be in, they are in multiple positions at the same time. Yeah, because mm. quantum. quantum. It's not yeah. yes or no, it's perhaps. It's like, exactly. ooh, maybe everything. <laughs> but it's like, maybe this one more, maybe that one less, but you don't know. If you but, can, but as Andy said in chat, surely that means though the differences in the machine code. Like when we write code, we're not dealing with the bits individually. Mm. Like Andy, you're totally right. I think uh, because I don't know, but <laughs> but 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 maybe not as well. Because wait for it, um, 
so uh, computing as it is now runs one function after another function after another function, right? It just does everything linearly. Whereas quantum computing works in parallel. Everything is computed at the same time. All the possible answers are worked out. And the most probable one is your real answer. So actually, it, it's not like writing just do this, 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 and then this. It is a whole different way of calculating it's the possible answer. That is do the limit of my understanding. We'll pick the best one. Yeah. So how you get to that state means that you can't actually, you know, you can't do normal style computations with it, or you wouldn't, because it's a thing that is about calculating everything at the same time and then working something out at the end rather than doing a load of simple instructions, if that makes sense. I mean, Does it's it? such a nascent field that presumably a lot of this still needs to be worked out, right? Like on a fundamental level, we know they're different, but we don't know how practically we'd use one because no one's practically used one. Apparently someone, some people have written what they imagine quantum code might look like, Aww. but there is no quantum computer really apparently to test it on. Because there's basic, I know there's enough connections of logic gates and like IBM have done one. I think there's one in, uh, there was another lab, like Bell, Bell Labs, I think. But like, they're still so primitive compared to electronic uh, computers in terms of the output. Like obviously they're way more sophisticated, but like primitive in terms Can't of how some many of them gates do some, like, have. Basic maths, like adding up. I think there so. was a paper about that recently, but I forget what the answer was. The this thing is, is like what, what I thought was interesting was that, act, so according to the person who I was listening to talk about this, what's interesting about quantum computing is not that it's just way more powerful than normal computing full stop. It's more that it's a different kind of computing. So a lot of the kind of simple functions that we would do day to day with computing, you'd still use the kind of computers that we use. So in Braxigantu, it's highly likely that they're not using quantum computers all the time. You know, they're still using the same sort of things we would use. Mm. Because the other thing about quantum computers is they are far more delicate at the moment, at least, than electronic computers because you have to preserve the, the quantum states. Like they have to be in almost perfect isolation. So using them in a rugged environment would require a, a literal quantum leap in like how practically they store information. Yeah, that's that's it. I haven't seen that. Go and watch Quantum Leap. Uh, <laughs> What's that? It's uh, the one with, uh, Jack, with uh, Captain Archer and um, Scott Bakula and Gimli. Gimli's Archer and Scott Bakula. Yeah, Scott Bakula and Treebeard because he's Treebeard as well. Scott Bakula. I've seen Lord of the Rings. Also, fun fact: yes, Gimli, well Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Most of the time you see him on screen isn't John Reese Davis. It was his stunt double. And they, it, it, he was on screen to such an extent that they nearly did a joint credit for John Reese davis and I cannot remember for the life of me the name of the stunt double. Well, they didn't do like, the joint credit. It's, it's like uh, it's like 80% of the time, it's it's another person. John Reese davis really? was basically just there for the close-ups and then did the, the faces. Really? Just because he was wow. too tall. He's like he's they the tallest member of the fellowship. Hair. He's like six foot three. Mm. Like, um, <laughs> and also, yeah, yeah, he, he was allergic to the prosthetics. If I remember rightly, really? so every day it was like four hours of ow, ow, oh. ow, ow, um, oh. and yeah. Has anybody read? Has anybody read or seen Dune? I ju I've just um, finished reading Dune. Oh. And uh, in our movie recommendation, oh, really? Oh, Tell us more. Uh, it's a really interesting book. There's fantastic ideas, but the pacing is all over the place. It I is... love the pacing. It, look, the problem is. <laughs> The problem is, it is about uh, the, the principal character is a guy for whom the concept of time is very non-linear, and so like 
I, I get that it's probably reflected. Yeah, like Paul is Pretty like linear. No, no, no. But for Paul, like he sees stuff way into the future happening. Like the more the longer Only he spends the on the end. Only the, the longer end. he spends on Arrakis, the more time he he spends not in the present. So, no, like, yeah. but I think I don't. I just don't think that justifies the way that the book is. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to have to do <laughs> an intro for this podcast and be like, there Sorry are potential spoilers <laughs> for this film, this film, this film, and this. Potential film. spoilers for the following. <laughs> <laughs> But the reason I bring it up is because in there, one of the setups that they have is that there's a sort of, they they cancel all machine-based intelligence and they, they own, and they have- It's cancel culture gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> they say none of that. And they and to do those sort of high level calculations, they have these things called mentats who are yeah. sort of sort of people, but they're actually kind of supercomputers in person form. What? And yeah, that's... lubricated well, by the I'm spice, right? Like they take a chemical that, that expands the. Well, that's the navigators, not necessarily the mentats. But... Oh, I thought the mentats did as well. Okay. I think they happen to because they're all like druggies, but. It's um, a similar thing happens in the backstory of Warhammer 40,000, like about 20,000 years before the thing Spoilers. happens. Spoilers! Oh, yeah, but that's <laughs> not a spoiler. <laughs> I don't want to go and watch Warhammer 40,000, you know? But like at some point, several tens of thousands of years before the present in that setting, uh, AI basically tried to overthrow humans. And so they outlawed all forms of, of advanced no. computers. So what they the way they got around it was just melding organics and uh, mechanical components together. So you get like, instead of having robots, you have criminals who have been lobotomized and given mechanical components to do basic tasks. That feels like just a robot with a human body, no? Uh, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It's like the worst possible fate is that you you are sentenced to just be like a robot for hundreds of years, potentially like stacking boxes. Like it's it's a horrifying way to get around the problem, but they're like, well, what could we do? There was no AI. There are still wow. supermarkets 40,000 years in the future. Well, technically it's 38,000 years in the future because it is our universe, allegedly. We're technically our universe. Like ours, yeah. Yeah, yeah like ours. Set in the future. Yeah. It's canon. That's why it's everything canon. has to be somehow. Which one is the branch on the secret timeline? Oh, Which one is the intended way? Yeah. Stop oh. it. <laughs> you've you've talked this. about June for ages. Let me and Simon talk about Loki. <laughs> You're totally oh, right. Loki. This podcast now will contain spoilers for Loki. <laughs> um, no, it won't. Also, episode no, won't. four, I was just watching it being like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I watched it at lunchtime today. Um, anyway, again, it's Loki. <laughs> Me and Simon will talk about this uh, separately <laughs> in our in okay. our Marvel chat. <laughs> chat, chat re recommending the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, apparently I haven't watched that either. Was, was barely in the Mandalorian. Like, I've seen some of the Star Wars films. Here. Well done. So only some of them are good, to be fair. Yeah. Like two of them, really. Them. Two of them. They're good. They're good. They're I'm, I'm getting through them. Okay, I'm working. I'm working my way through them. Three of them are so oh bad. They're good. Like the first two are good. The third one is it's all right. We haven't, we haven't confirmed our numbering system before we started talking about first, second, like. Oh, I mean chronologically. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. in in the in chronological release order. Chronological release order. Oh, see, it's just you got to specify these things. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway everyone, this was about science. Recommending. Shows. Like, uh, that, right. that. So I feel like that's probably a good place to draw a curtain over. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> Drop the safety curtain, Jesus. <laughs> we should Ali's get our stage manager being like, just pull the curtain, pull the lights, <laughs> set fire to something, God. So um, that was our discussion, and we, we basically agreed that nanites 
might may or may not be. <laughs> so they are. No, we, I think we have agreed. In my notes, we've agreed that it's canon because it's oh. in my notes. All right, yeah. Ali, it, take it, note of my notes. It is canon now. Uh, yeah. And to all this, that, that I love that discussion of the potential of, mm. like, for, especially this idea of firmware potentially retaining memories of previous activity and previous users on mechanical components. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, and well, we, the, the thing is, we've still got plenty to talk about. We didn't even touch on the idea of like hit points as a concept. <laughs> we're going to get to that. And also, I was thinking about this when we were talking about it, and I didn't say anything. Short rests, long and long rests, you're fine. Oh, have no, a sleep, yeah, broken leg, work. sorted. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, in the future, maybe there's something that whenever you fall asleep, you take a pill and it does just reset everything. But, but what's we the point of sleep that. anyway? Who needs sleep? Yeah. Oh, I did a science check on that. There's lots of points of sleep. Lots of points of sleep. Sleep's good. <laughs> we should point out, if people aren't aware, we do two videos for every um, uh, mm. RP Geeks, like the mainline uh, adventure series, the Dungeons and Dragons and Science, uh, which are available on TikTok and they're also available on YouTube as shorts. Um, I I did one on uh, extraterrestrial mining. We've all done one at this point, actually. Yeah. So mine was extraterrestrial mining. Emily, what was yours? Mine was on stem cells, particularly plant ones. Shani? I did something on, on sleep and sort of why we need it, or at least what happens if we don't get it. And Ali? Who knows? I think it was... Um, <laughs> I Ali has a lot of other things to think about as the DM. It was cybernetic implants. It was cybernetic implants. It was, it was. Yes, That's it, it was. was. Yeah. You, should definitely, you should definitely check them out, um, as well as checking out our main show, where there's less science chat and more adventuring. More guys. About 400% more men with testicles first. <laughs> I don't know, a large part of tonight was men with testicles first, so... <laughs> no, no, we were talking more than, bollocks. More than Different idea. thing. <laughs> um, but that's, a, that's a, I think, a good point to end it. So we'll be back next week with uh, the Dungeons and & Dragons and & Science Adventure, episode three on Braxagantu, uh, which you'd be very welcome so, to join us for at the same excited. time. Oh, who was that random wait. guy at the end? Wait, he wasn't who even, was he? He didn't even have a ball for a head. Like, oh, no I forgot about coming. that. Yeah. That's I forgot about that. Is, is he going to kill us? Oh, we don't know. People so just stab tired. people on Braxagantu. So. It's a wild, wild, westy world. So, we'll find... <laughs> so join us for the next episode of Westworld uh, Space Edition. <laughs> uh, Spires, West no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 7pm next Thursday on twitch.tv forward slash Simon Clark and available on podcasts and YouTube. All the social links will be down below. So thank you very much for watching everybody. And uh, do you want to say goodbye everybody else? Bye. Yes. Thank you. Us? Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. You can sound Bye. a bit more, can I get, sorry, sorry, I'm on stage <laughs> hand. The mic's to Sorry, can I yeah. just get a bit more enthusiasm? <laughs> uh, right, so, uh, and it's goodbye to me, it's goodbye from everyone else. Bye! 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 Science! Science! Science bitches. <laughs>